Jai Jai Sitchitana Jai Anichananda Jai Adita Chandra Jaya Goram Bhakta Vinna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare I want to continue with the um, topic of culture um, and uh, and just uh, in the study of religion. Um, so in the study of religion, we can we see how scholars make a, make a division in, in various components, and we can see such components also in, uh, in the Sankhita movement of Lord Chaitanya. Mm. So this is from a, uh, the Encyclopedia of Religion with Mircea Eliot as the editor-in-chief, and he has listed the following. So, um, about components of, uh, of, of religious, uh, characteristics and structures of religious life, traditionalism, myth and symbol, concept of, concepts of salvation, sacred place and objects, sacred rituals, sacred writings, sacred community, and sacred experience and it is through through these components that we can uh, identify uh, you know distinguish religions from one another it's it's a grid which we can put on top of a spiritual movement so let's have a look at the grid uh, and also uh, let me just, uh, so in their list, or in his list, it ended with sacred experience. And sacred experience, in, in one sense, is, is the central theme in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, movement. Everything else is in support of, of that sacred experience uh, of loving exchange with Krishna. So therefore, I want to go to sacred experience. And I have uh, opened up <clears throat> the Sichi Tanyamango from Lochandas Thakur, one of the uh, biographies of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And I start reading there. And I want to start reading just when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu returns from Gaya. Uh, we have discussed this uh, earlier on how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to the house of Suklambar and showed all these ecstatic symptoms. So now, uh, and uh, and how he would resume teaching after some time. Huh? So we'll start there. One day, Gorari compassionately instructed his students. The oh, this is uh, for the transcribers. This is the Madhya uh, Kanda, chapter one. One day, Gorari compassionately instructed his students. The lotus feet of Krishna are the one and only truth. The purpose of all knowledge is to attain Krishna Bhakti. According to the Shastras, everything else is ignorance. Knowledge is fleeting, yet devotion for Radha and Krishna will remain with you eternally. One who is proud of his wealth, high birth and education cannot uh, attain Krishna. However, one who has pure devotion can easily get Yadurai Sri Krishna. Please consider that the Supreme Lord Krishna becomes controlled 
by the mellow of bhakti. Hmm. Then Lord Vishwamba recited two Sanskrit verses from the Shastras. And this verse is quoted, these verses are quoted in the Padjavali from uh, Srila Rupa Goswami, which is a song, uh, it is a verse book, a collection of verses from various writers. Uh, in this Padjavali we find uh, many interesting verses and we also find uh, there, for the first time, uh, the Sikshastika mentioned from uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So it's a significant work. Hmm. So now let us read. Vyadasya charanam druvasya chavayo vijagajendrasya ka kubjaya kimmunamarupam Adikam tim sudam nudanam Vam saku virurasya yadavapatir Ugrasya kim purusam Bhakja tusyati kivalam natyagunir Bhakti priyo madhava Where, where the hunter dharma's piety Dhruva's maturity and Gajendra's knowledge. Where was Kubja's beauty? Where was Sudama's wealth? Where was Vidura's noble birth? Where was Ugasena's chivalrous strength? Lord Madhava is pleased only by devotional service and not by material qualifications. See Daksinatya. So this is very nice. Uh, we see all the examples that are given here uh, are personalities who, uh, who were lacking in these in these qualities. Dhruva was was a child. Uh, where was he? Was childish also? Where was his maturity? Gajendra was an elephant. What did he know? Uh, what did he know? Kubja. She was a hunchback. Where was her beauty? Um, and Sudama, he was so poor, his clothes were ripped, he had his old chip rice. Where was his wealth? Vidura's no, noble birth. Vidura was the son of a Dasi. Um, he was a Sudra. And uh, Ugasena's chivalrous strength, Ugasena was old. What strength was left? Mm. But Lord Madhava is pleased only by devotional service and not by material qualification. So thus the Lord taught love of Krishna to these students and saturated their hearts with joy. One day, once while Goranga was relaxing on his bed, he began crying incessantly. He was immersed in ecstatic praying. Krishna Prem, and he tasted the mood of Radharani, feeling separation from Krishna in Mathura. Beating his chest, the Lord said, O oh, Akrura, you took away my Krishna. Swooning in separation, crying piteously, Gora continued, that stupid woman Kubja took Krishna away from me. Krishna always teased the mind of all young women. Saying this, the Lord emitted a roaring cry and exhibited many wonderful signs of ecstasy on his body. Sachimata, Astonished at her son's behavior, asked Viswambar, Why are you crying? What has caused this misery? Lost in ecstasy, Gora only swept in reply. Sorry, Gora only wept in reply. Sachimata thought, From the symptoms it appears that my son has attained prame by the mercy of Krishna. Aware of all truth, Sachimata, with a sweet and affectionate voice, said, Listen, my darling son, your appearing is the most your appearance is the most rare and wonderful thing in this world. It is your habit to give me whatever wealth you collect from your various travels. This time you returned from Gaia with the rarest, most valuable treasure of Krishna Prem, which is beyond the reach of even the demigods. Though I'm afraid to ask, please give me that Krishna Prem. Hmm. 
his heart melted by such Himata's sincere and humble request. Gaurari said, Mother, by the mercy of the Vaishnavas, you will definitely get love of God. Instantly upon hearing this, Sachi Mata received Prema Bhakti, pure love of God. Her body shook, erupted in thrill, bumps of joy, and tears streamed from her eyes. In ecstasy, Sachi Mata chanted, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Lochanda says this was the first manifestation of Lord Goranga's distribution of Prema. So, um, it is nice. Each of the biographies has their own little stories and their own uh, angles. And uh, this first chapter of the Madhya Lila of the uh, Chaitanya Mangal is totally dedicated to uh, to the distribution of Krishna Prem. Nimai has now returned and he is full of Prem. And now he is just beginning to distribute this Prem and he first gave it to Satchimakta. The Lord's ecstasy at Suklambar's house. Sometimes Lord Vishwambar enjoyed pastimes in the home of a Brahmana named Suklambar Brahmachari. There the Lord became enraptured in deep transcendental ecstasy. Rivers of tears rushed from his eyes and a stream of mucus flowed constantly from Lord Goranga's nose. Suklambar didn't feel any displeasure when he served by wiping the Lord's nose. Gorari cried without cessation. Day and night he just wept and lay on the ground. In the daytime the Lord would ask, what time of night is it? Someone would reply, my Lord, it's daytime, not night. Totally absorbed in love of God, Goranga cried and cried. Mm. I'll skip a little bit. One day, while walking on the road, Prabhu Vishwambar, along with Srivas Pandit and his brothers, heard the enchanting sound of a flute, yet the flautist was nowhere in sight. That sound transported the Lord into a fit of ecstasy. He cried, lay on the ground, became numb and laughed uncontrollably, uncontrollably, uncontrollably. Sometimes Gora acted like a crazy man, and sometimes he became silent. Mm. One moment he stood still, the next moment he would cry, chant and roll on the ground. Uh, nothing but Krishna Kata issued from his lips. I'm skipping a little bit here and there. Hare Krishna. So as he is, uh, Lord Chaitanya then, was fulfilling the internal purpose of his appearance, the internal purpose to, to relish the mellows in the mood of Srimati Radharani, to explore the, um, the qualities of Krishna. Mm. So, back to the Chaitanya Mango. The Sankhita movement begins. Uh, so one day while sitting in the house in the mood of Krishna Prem and so on, then there's a celestial voice and the celestial voice is instructing uh, Bishwambar to distribute, to widely distribute this love of God and that you've come to the world to give your mercy by teaching love of God. Um, so now stop lamenting and start your Sankirtan movement. Mm. So Lord, uh, it is also described how Lord Karanga assumed the form of a boar a huge boar and ran on his hands and legs and people were actually perceiving him as a powerful boar that was like looked extremely 
beautiful and transcendental and yet uh, was coming to kill them. Uh, and uh, he asked Murari, do you recognize me? Uh, and uh, Murari said, I don't have the qualification to describe your real identity, which is unknown even to Swayambu. Murari said, oh, Mahaprabhu, you can know yourself, others cannot. Gurari asked, can the Vedas describe me? Murari humbly replied, even Sahasravadana, Ananta says, can't understand your tattva's truth. How can the Vedas explain the knowledge concerning you? No one can know you. Gurari said, listen, to what the Vedas say about me in the Svetasvataru Upanishad, 319. The omnipotent supreme personality of God, it has no material hands or legs, yet he runs swiftly to receive offerings. He has no material eyes, but still he sees everything. He has no material ears, yet he hears everything. He knows everything, but no one knows him. Realize Brahmanas say that he is the supreme personality. The Vedas may say that I have no hands and feet, continued Garanga. The Vedic descriptions of me have created bewilderment about my true identity. The Lord paused briefly, smiled slightly and said, it is as if the Vedas have not described me at all. Then Murari, Gupta begged Lord Garanga, my Lord, please be merciful to me. Please give me ecstatic love of God. And Lord Gauranga said, listen, Murari, you have love for me. So just serve the Parabrahman, appearing in the human form, having the color of an Indranila gem, a blue sat sapphire. He stands most attractively in his threefold bending form, carrying a flute in his hand. Worship Srimata Radharani, the golden complexion daughter of King Visabhanu. Sees the original energy of the Lord and her effulgence defeats the color of Gorachan bright yellow. In his way, he is describing Vrindavan and uh, and the devotees, they are uh, feeling transcendental happiness being hearing the Lord speak in, in this way. Then, in a mood of submission, Murari Gupta requested, my Lord, I want to see the Lord's form as Raghunath, Lord Ram. Within a second, Murari saw Lord Ramachandra in his beautiful body, the color of fresh green grass. Sita Devi, Laxman, Bharata, and Satrupna stood around the Lord. Murari rolled on the ground in astonishment. Gorasumna pacified him with the touch of his lotus hand while blessing him. May you become saturated in love of God. Actually, Murari, you are no other than Hanuman, and I'm the same Lord Ram. After saying this, the Lord entered the temple. Hmm. So here we see uh, Murari. Murari, who is, is fixed in his, in his Swarup. He is Swarup, is, is Hanuman. Even when Lord Chaitanya is personally trying to, to change his mood, he cannot. Hmm. And the Chaitanya Charitamrita is also described, and we'll get into that uh, on another occasion, because I wanted to discuss this topic of the Swarup, or the original transcendental form, separately. Um, so, then he points out, yes, the only way is Harinam, Harinam. Um, and Guranga, Vyasadev, Sorry. Lord Gora said, the fools in the age of Kali don't understand that the Lord's name is equal to the original transcendental form of God. Vyasadev repeated this fact three times in order to spell the doubts of these dull and sinful souls. Furthermore, Vyas used the word kevalam to indicate it by chanting without offense one attains liberation. Um, 
Okay, referring to the verse from the Naradiya Purana. In the Kali Yuga, the chanting of the Lord's holy name is the only means of deliverance. There is no other way, there is no other way, there is no other way. Mm. One who hears the glorious pastimes of Lord Gorari will immediately awaken Krishna Prem in his heart. Mm. Yeah. Once while sitting in his house, the Lord spoke in deep resonant voice. I'm seeing figures having four or five or six faces respectively. This increases my curiosity. Srivas Pandit, who was sitting beside the Lord, gave his opinion. The demigods like Brahma with four faces and others with five faces have come to see you, my Lord. They're begging you for the treasure of Prem since you are the ocean of love. Then Mahaprabhu sat on a divine asana. He rested one leg on one devotee and one arm on another. Srivas and the demigods swooned at the Lord's feet while crying, you are the most compassionate. Please bestow upon us the sweet nectar of your love. In a thunderous voice, Goranga said, may, all, may you all receive the gift of love of God instantly. The demigods developed Krishna Prem and displayed bodily symptoms of transcendental bliss. The Vaishnavas wholeheartedly rejoiced to see the demigods dancing happily and chanting, Oh, Radha Govinda. As the demigods and devis danced, ecstatic love for Krishna caused blissful changes in their bodies. Their hair stood on end. They perspired heavily and rolled on the ground carelessly. Then in a flash, they jumped up and bellowed, Haribo, Haribo, Gora Govinda, Gora Govinda. At another moment, they put their heads on Goranga's feet and pleaded, may our minds forever stay on your lotus feet. Mm, smiling broadly, the Lord said repeatedly, let it be, let it be. May you all become full of love for Krishna. Then the demigods rose in the sky, returning to their celestial abodes. Observing all this, the assembled Vaishnavas cheered excitedly. <laughs> so, in this way, uh, we can see that uh, we were, um, now we're going back to our topic of the day. And we were looking at the, uh, the various components that make up the culture of, of religion uh, and how one can look for the sacred experience. Um, and certainly, uh, certainly, there are many sacred experiences that exist in the religious realm. Um, the... Uh, Sometimes the sacred comes from the spiritual domain into the material domain. And we are experiencing the presence of, of the sacred, um, something, something spiritual. But here uh, we're seeing something on another level. Um, uh, give me one second, I need some water, parched. I'll be back. thirst of the devotees is quenched. The thirst of the devotees is now awakened. Say Panchatat Family, Pritiviasiya, Purva Prema Bandriram, Mudru Gadiya, Panchamili Luta Prem, Koryashvadan, Yata Yata Pietrishna, Badiyanuksan. 
Now the, the lock of the storehouse of love of God is broken, and Panchatattva went inside, and they're drinking and drinking, and as they are drinking, they're, they're drinking and drinking and drinking. Uh. And their thirst increases. Baranukan. Um, their thirst increases. There is no end to that thirst increasing. That is Krishna Prem. There is no end to the increasing desire, the increasing desire to serve Krishna, to see Krishna, to hear Krishna, to smell only Krishna. Um, Krishna steals, steals all our sensual functions. He steals our sight, he steals our capacity and makes us blind. He steals our capacity to hear, makes us deaf. He steals our capacity to speak and makes us dumb. Oh, don't go to Casey God. Uh, because if there you see that threefold bended form, Smeram Bangam, if you see that threefold bended form of the Lord, you will be lost. Lost material life. So we're no longer speaking about a, uh, a spiritual experience or a sacred experience um, which uh, a vision of the Lord. Uh, Moses uh, saw the uh, received the uh, commandments from the Lord. Well, and Abraham, the, uh, anyway, the, the burning bush on Mount Sinai, uh, and all these uh, were powerful experiences, which then continued to inspire them in their religious life. Um, which gave them strength, which gave them, uh, which, which became their spiritual wealth. But the devotees of Lord Chaitanya, it's a whole different ball game. It is just a constant flow. It is a constant experience. It is a constant flow of love of God, which doesn't end, which has no beginning, no end. It just continues from one moment into the next. It is overwhelming. It is a stream. It is just, and there are waves in an ocean, but it is an ocean. That Krishna Prem is, is expanding in all directions. It is not a separate experience. It is an ongoing experience, and it is the original experience of the soul. It is the state of being that is actually there. Um, it is not a temporary, it is not a temporary revelation. It is not a ray of light that appears from the sky. It is not a voice a celestial voice that speaks. Um, it is a constant, constant tossing, a constant tossing in the endless ocean of Krishna brain. And that is the original state of happiness of the living being, who now in the conditioned state has been reduced uh, to a dull creature, a ghost-like creature that has no actual, almost no emotions whatsoever. Uh, shallow, little up, little down, but nothing, nothing compared with the ocean of love of God. Mm.
Yes. Um, in the uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, uh, we find a description of, of sacred rituals, uh, of activities that are meant to awaken that spiritual experience. Um, we find uh, the presence of a, of a sacred community, um, the community of the devotees, the community of the devotees who are uh, together getting absorbed, uh, getting absorbed in hearing, chanting, and worshipping the deity and tasting Krishna Prasad and exploring the miracle of, of devotional service to Krishna. Each of these devotees is competing, competing eagerly, eagerly to, uh, to bring Krishna the best, the greatest gift. Um, each of these devotees is trying to worship Krishna uh, greater than a king. Uh, Krishna, like a king, is riding on an elephant. And we see that the gopis have combined together to take the form of an elephant. And because they worship Krishna like a king, uh, Krishna is seated, seated on a beautiful, beautiful throne studded with jewels. Krishna is served on uh, some battle not from a beautiful golden platter. Krishna is is given the most exquisite, most refined preparations. Uh, the community of the Vaishnavas, dedicated to pleasing Krishna. This activity is most amazing. Krishna is not just receiving the offerings. Krishna is reciprocating also. And by his reciprocation, by his recognition of the service, the devotee's love for Krishna is increasing many, many fold. And so the sacred community of Vaishnavas is the community where, uh, where, the, where the devotees are sharing this transcendental ecstasy. Ah. Uh, uh, Sacred writings, sacred writings, the Bhakti Shastra. The Bhakti Shastri is scriptures that are glorifying, glorifying Krishna, that are glorifying Krishna and his Tadiya, all the worshipable items related to Krishna. Ah, the sacred writings are describing the intricacies of pure devotional service, of how to please Krishna, and of, of the amazing experiences of the devotees. Uh, Mother Sachi, oh, she served Krishna. She served Krishna Chaitanya in any possible way. He was her, her everything, her son. He, she is I, she is the original mother. Um, she is totally, totally absorbed in pleasing her son. Her everything is about her son. When her son wants to worship the Ganga one day, this is after his father has already passed on, Nimai is still a boy and one day Nimai says, I want to worship the Ganga. Yes, my dear, hold on. I will bring the puja paraphernalia and garland. Next, he says, no, 
no, I don't want to wait. I want it now. And he gets a fit of rage. He, he just totally loses it. And then he goes wild. He grabs a stick and he just goes around the house and starts to smash everything. Um, there, were, there was grain in sacks hanging, hanging above the ground. Uh, there, were, there was oil stored in clay pots and, and so many things in this way were stored. And Nimai went around the house with a stick and smashed it all and threw it all on the ground. Then he fell on the ground and just hit the earth with his fists while crying. Sachi Devi stood there like the original universal mother. Sachi Devi stood there as the embodiment of tolerance. And she cooked. Somehow or other, she cooked a meal. And as she served it out, she said, Nimai, this is the last meal I will serve because I have no more supplies. Oh. Sachi Devi was a widow. She was, was not wealthy. She was somehow or other managing, but you know, how was it to continue now? And then Nimai, just in his hand, opened his hand and there was a tola gold. A tola is the size of a thumb. So a thumb of gold. He said, take this. And she took and she's just wondering how, how is this all going to work? How is this all going to, going to happen? Mm. How is this happening? Mm. Yes, yeah, so, uh, Sacred rituals, the nectar of devotion is describing the sacred rituals. And sacred rituals are also described in, in, the, uh, uh, in the teachings to Sanatana Goswami, Madhya Lila, chapter 20 and onwards. And, uh, but these rituals, um, they are simply... Uh, they are all activities of pure devotional service. Uh, and it is about Rishikena Rishikesa Sevanam Bhakti Uchate. It is about engaging the senses in pleasing the senses of the Lord. So we see all the activities that Rupa Goswami has listed of sadhana bhakti, of devotional service in practice. Uh, are activities that are pleasing the senses of the Lord. They're not indirect activities. Uh, they're not like rituals of entering into the forest and fasting and becoming detached, which are indirect kind of activities. Oh, one tries to develop detachment and then um, bring that back. But these are preliminary activities. Detachment has a place. But what Rupa Goswami describes as sadhana bhakti is already the substance because it is directly about pleasing the senses of the Supreme Lord. Therefore, even in practice, although the experience is incomplete. Uh, the sacred experience is incomplete. Still, it is more than ritual. It is direct devotional service. And bhakti comes from bhakti. It wakens, awakens devotional service. And the devotee becomes more involved. And as the devotee becomes more involved, Krishna becomes more involved. Um, as we were hearing from the, uh, uh, as we're hearing from the, um, the verse from the Pajavali, uh, 
from Daxinatya that uh, what is the point? Uh, material qualifications will not attract Krishna. Material opulence will not attract Krishna. Uh, wealth or renunciation, all these opulences, all you know, strength, beauty, knowledge, uh, the, these things will fame, these things will not attract Krishna. Um, Krishna. But Rupa Goswami in, in giving the sacred rituals of the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, of the Chaitanya Vaishnavas, of the followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is not giving any preliminary activity. Rupa Goswami is only giving devotional service. Kechit Kevalaya Bhaktya, only Bhakti Vasudeva Parayana, only absorbed in in, in pleasing Vasudev, in remembering Vasudev. Smartavyam satatam visnovi, smartavyo najatu sid. To always remember Krishna, never forget him. That is the purpose of all the rules and regulations. The Vedas, Sarva Vidini Sedushu, Etiyo Eva King Karam. All religious principles serve that, that point. Smartavyam satatam visnovi. So in this way, uh, we can see that bhakti transcends religion. It goes directly to the spiritual platform, although it's, it seems it resembles religion, but it goes to the essence of all religion, which is the sacred experience. And the sacred ritual is no longer ritual. It is actual devotional service, pleasing, pleasing to the Lord. The ritual is no longer aiming merely at bringing, it is no longer just some activity that is aiming at bringing about uh, a change of consciousness, a change of perception. Hmm. Many rituals um, in Africa, uh, young boys are are going through a uh, initiation rites where they become men, they have to stay in the forest. You still see, uh, you still see they put white clay on their faces, they live somewhere in some temporary shelter, uh, and food somehow or other. Uh, whatever way they can get it in the forest or what, but otherwise they just fast. There is no, uh, no support, no arrangement. Now they alone are facing. Sometimes you see them beg, right? But basically uh, the whole support structure has been removed. Here's the here's the boy. Oh, mommy's boy. Yes, uh, here he is. Oh yes, your father stands next to you, my boy. And now, no, now alone, alone, alone into the jungle, or alone, um, even in the modern urban environment, alone staying somewhere in a hut. So. In this way, the boy had to grow up, had to be a man, had to deal with the, uh, uh, the situation. And the whole ritual is aiming to bring about that transformation, to turn a boy into a man. Mm. Mm. So this is, uh, this is, this is ritual. Um, this is ritual. But bhakti, bhakti is bhakti, even in the stage of practice. Then bhakti is, is even more rich in the stage 
of ecstasy. Mm. Oh yes, there are sacred places, sacred objects. Uh, oh yes, there is a whole sacred geography. Mm. So the Vedic literatures have their sacred geography. And like I explained yesterday, the culture of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is a pure and transcendental core seated within a, the greater Vedic culture. And then on the periphery of that Vedic culture, also some mundane uh, corruption had undermined that Vedic culture because after all, it was the age of Kali and, uh, and the Vedic culture was being disintegrated, but on the periphery, on the outside. Then uh, the essence of Vedic culture was still there to be found in scripture. And, uh, and so, so many conceptions were there. Uh, for example, the Akash Ganga, that in the sky, that is the Ganga. And then we find a description of descent of the, the river of the river Ganga and how Ganga comes into the universe and how Ganga is coming through a crack in the shell that surrounds the universe because Lord Vamanadev with his two steps has covered the whole universe and with his lotus toe has cracked the shell of the universe and then a few drops of the causal ocean are entering and wash the feet of Lord Vamanadev and the red kumkum mixes with the water and and the, and the water gets a reddish color and the Ganga descends into the universe and, and, and then enters into the whole universe. Then comes down from the celestial regions and, and moves around the celestial sky as the Akash Ganga, which we know as the Milky Way. And then, uh, comes down from the heavenly regions and is caught on the head of Lord, Lord Shiva and is, is manifesting um, in the Himalayas and is then coming down and Maharaj Bhagirati is, is showing Ganga the path to, to the ocean, to the Ganga Sagar. So in this way, Ganga descends, right? Now, this would be uh, seen as mythology, um, typically. Um, so, religions have their, their myth. Um, and, and, but of course, uh, the Vaishnavas are, are not accepting this as mythology, uh, as, as a way to connect the higher world, the celestial world, with the mundane realm. Uh, generally speaking, this is perceived that here is uh, a mundane realm and we're taking our bath in the river. But by uh, adding a transcendental myth, how uh, a myth, how this river actually has a connection with the celestial world, then by bathing in the river, we are transporting ourselves to the celestial realm. Uh, that is myth. And myth may exist in various uh, religious practices. Uh, such myth exists. Mircea Eliot is also speaking about uh, a pole, which is an axis which connects the three worlds the heavenly regions, the middle planetary systems, and the lower regions of the universe, and how there is an axis. And uh, so this universal axis is being worshipped and exists in many traditions. Um, and we see it in, in, uh, in, in Germany, it still exists, the Maibaum, yes, and it's, it exists in, in many cultures. Uh, Eliad gets into this. And then, but Mount Meru, Mount Meru is to be seen, according to Vedic literature, not as a, uh, a symbol, 
not as a symbolic representation of a uh, of a connection um, between heaven and earth, but rather as a real connection. Mount Meru is a fact. Mount Meru exists, but there is a multi-dimensional reality. And in our current experience, we cannot see. Like I myself, I've flown many times from India to, uh, to Europe. Sometimes, sometimes I had a very good view and it was very clear weather and no clouds and I could, and it was just the right time of day uh, when we were flying over the Himalayas. And I could see the whole range of the Himalayas, like from the plane, like from beginning to end, right? Just like the big mountain range. And there was no golden pillar mounting up from uh, the Himalayas to the heavenly regions. At least not in what I saw, because there is a multi-dimensional reality. And uh, that reality is not, not visible to the eyes of those who are not having the, uh, the purity. So we are not able to perceive, but according to the Vedic understanding, it's there, it is a reality. And the Ganga is really descending from the uh, heavenly regions. And so this common understanding of Vedic culture, this this sacred geography of Vedic culture is very much there in the, uh, uh, we see sacred geography all over the world. Uh, uh, there are many uh, such places for Muslims, it's Mecca, the Kaaba, and Medina, the birthplace of the Prophet. Uh, there's also a very famous mosque in Jerusalem, and therefore Jerusalem is very important to them. For the Christians, Jerusalem is the place, and Muslims and Christians always have been fighting over Jerusalem. The Jews are also worshipping in Jerusalem. So Jerusalem is a place full of, uh, of uh, religious hustle and bustle. And this place is very significant. Uh, that is the place where Jesus Christ appears and, uh, and for whatever reasons the Muslims are worshipping there. Uh, I'd have to look it up. Uh, the point is this, is that um, there are many, many places of worship in the, in the world, um, sacred places. The sacred places of worship uh, are in different categories. Some of the sacred places derive their sacred potency from the fact that the Lord has appeared there or performed some pastime, like uh, the Ganga, touching the toe of Amana Dev and then coming and then, uh, then being totally invested and being from the causal ocean, so outside the universe, the transcendental realm. So Ganga is totally transcendental and then more transcendental because touched by the lotus feet of the Lord. All right, so that is there. Holy places that have been graced by the, by the great devotee that have been transformed. Uh, in Lourdes, uh, we find, uh, in France, we find a place where the Virgin Mary has manifested herself and, uh, and many miracles are attributed to that place where people uh, are going to be uh, cured from diseases and they pray and so on. 
a place invested with power. <coughs> and there are everywhere in the world such places in the uh, in the Sikh golden temple uh, there also is is in the in the center there is uh, a big body of water and then in the center of that is the actual golden temple so there's big walls then a huge big pond and then in the middle of the pond the golden temple and then uh, and then Along the pond, there is a place, there's a tree, and when you go there, you can become, uh, uh, that's where one of the great Sikh teachers uh, was healing people, and anyone who takes his bath there can still be healed from diseases and so on. So there are so many such, such kind of places. Such kind of places are known as Tirtas. Tirtas are places in the material world which have become invested with spiritual energy by the presence of, by the manifestation of the Lord or by the presence of his devotee or both. Um, uh, some special mercy or whatever like that. So the place is invested with transcendental power. Mm. Um, of course, you know, the, the uh, mundane scholars cannot see that. They will just say, well, this place has a lot of sentimental value to the believers. Just like in, in New York, we have uh, the tree in Tompkins Square Park, and, the, uh, and people may say, oh, this is the, uh, uh, this tree has a sentimental significance to the believers. The believers, they are taking great inspiration from this place and they get strength from it because in this way, they remember their great, great teacher. But we will say, no, there is more than that. The place, because of Prabhupada's presence there in New York, the place has been transformed and has become like filled with spiritual potency. So in this way, it has become a place of, uh, of unique power. Um, and, and therefore, um, as long, now that the tree is still here, um, now that the tree is still here, now we should go to New York and take the opportunity because who knows how long, how long this tree will remain on this earth. Um, just like in Vrindavan, we used to have the Krishna Balanam tree on Raman Reti. Now that tree is no more. So in this way, um, the Tirtas are temporary manifestations of mercy. Then there's also the Holy Dham. And the Holy Dham is, is eternal, is an eternal manifestation of mercy. The Holy Dham is always there. So the hub, the, the most sacred places in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, movement are are Dhams, Vrindavan Dham, Mayapur Dham, Jagannath Puri Dham. And these places are pure, transcendental, eternal places. Hmm. Which, even when there's a dissolution of the universe, continue to exist. And these places are known as a replica of the spiritual world, non-different from the spiritual world. So, purely transcendental, all transcendental potency is there. So, in the, in the, uh, in the theology of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, uh, this goes way beyond a holy place, way beyond a sacred place. Here we are, actually, 
in the spiritual realm, not even in the heavenly region, the three worlds, no, we're beyond the universe in the eternal realm of the spiritual sky. Uh, if we look in Dante's divine comedy, we have now reached uh, what he describes. It goes beyond the heavens. It goes to this, the, the paradise. It goes to the original spiritual situation. Mm. So this is something uh, um, where we see that we could analyze the movement of Lord Chaitanya uh, as from the aspect of a religion. There are myths, symbol, concepts of salvation. Janmani, Janmani Swade, Bhavatat Bhakti Rahaiti the salvation is simply the service of Krishna itself. Please allow me to continue life after life after life, right? Uh, says Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yes. Uh, just simply the same activity. Salvation already attained, immediately, immediately attained. Of course, uh, Prabhupada also introduced a concept of going back to Godhead and and encouraged us to meditate on going back to Godhead and not on Janmani Janmani Swade on life after life serving because that one cannot artificially do uh, that one cannot do by proclamation that one has to do on the strength of love of God only when one is an ocean of love of God like Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then one can truly say, Janmani, Janmani, Swaray. Uh, but even then, even then, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta explains that in the purports to Chaitanya Charitamrita, he said, a devotee, uh, even although the devotee prays life after life to serve in this material world, Krishna still takes him back to the spiritual world because uh, deep down in his heart of hearts, a devotee has the desire to be with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And therefore, Krishna fulfills that desire and ultimately will bring him back, even if sometimes he may keep him a number of lives in the material world. Oh. Mm. So we discussed concepts of salvation, sacred places, sacred objects, the tadiya. I've given a full lecture already on Tadiya. Sacred rituals we discussed. Sacred community. Um, a community of common values. A, com a community of, uh, of a common outlook. A community of seeing the, the world in, in a particular paradigm. We're looking at that sacred geography. We're looking at... Uh, we're seeing how the Yuga Dharma, we're seeing the Yugas acting. We're seeing the Yuga Dharma. Uh, so a common worldview. Um, the worldview is very important. In, in the Middle Ages, in the European context, uh, there was this great battle between uh, God and the devil playing out and playing out on earth as well. And so the influence of the devil was, was greatly uh, was perceived in people, in situation, in places. Uh, and that was very strongly, a very strong presence of the devil. Um, now, and a great fight, and we see that in other Abrahamic religions as well, we see in the in the Hajj, how the pilgrims to Mecca, then as they are on the way to Medina, then they stop and they come to this place where um, where there was a temptation of the devil, uh, and they are driving out the devil, and there's this big column, and they all take stones and they all throw stones at that column. All these pilgrims in trying to chase away the devil. Oh. 
And uh, so in this way, the Hajj is a whole, uh, whole symbolic journey. Mm. So, uh, yes, so the sacred community of the Vaishnavas with the same worldview, the same culture, rising at early in the, very early in the morning, engaging in spiritual activity and so on. But the core of that activity is Panchanga Bhakti, are the five principal limbs of Bhakti, which are, are performed in sadhana and in sadhya. They are performed in practice and they are performed in after attaining perfection. Mm. Traditionalism. Yes, there is tradition. Evam param praptam. Uh, the tradition of pure devotional service is carefully being preserved. Um, and as the original state of being. So in that way, although we can put this framework of, uh, of religious culture on top of the culture of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement, we want to point out and see that all the elements are there, tradition, myth, symbol, concept of salvation, sacred place and objects, sacred rituals, sacred writings, sacred community, sacred experience that ultimately uh, it is uh, it is about the pure transcendental experience which is the original state of being of every living being and therefore um, this krishna consciousness is not an artificial imposition on the mind. And that is why the Hare Krishna movement is not a religion, but a transcendental movement. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki Jai.